Hi, hello and welcome. This is the Zonecast where we interview emerging professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And today we have with us on the show, Dr. Aaron Barth. He's the founder and president of Dialectic and the Diversity and Inclusion Learning Snippets. Uh, hi, Aaron. How are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, hi, uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. And uh, how are you doing? I am doing good. I'm doing good and I'm excited for this uh, particular interview and learning about dialectic. I want to start by talking about your background. Can you share your professional and personal background? Sure. Um, so I have a uh, PhD in philosophy from uh, Western, uh, University of Western Ontario. I originally did um, my undergrad in mathematics and philosophy and then sort of moved full on to philosophy um, at Western. Um, there um, I taught uh, philosophy for seven years, uh, moved into a associate professor um, position and was doing that um, and kind of thought that that was going to be my career trajectory, uh, uh, more or less a traditional academic career. Um, but as I started moving through that process, I realized, you know, my, my real passion, um, was for teaching. Um, and I love teaching philosophy, uh, but I didn't really see a path in the profession to, um, get the kind of job that I was looking for, which was more geared towards teaching. At that point, they were, um, you know, the job market really looked, um, somewhat bleak. Um, universities were moving towards a contract. A relationship with teachers and um, focusing more on uh, tenured positions being research positions and that just wasn't wasn't my jam so I uh, I sort of left academia and was just looking for other opportunities to uh, teach and um, I had the opportunity to work with um, a, a, a consulting company that was doing training for leaders and that really piqued my interest and I thought that was really neat and um, started to pursue that as my career, um, teaching working professionals as opposed to teaching uh, students in academia. And uh, so that's that's sort of how my career um, uh, came about, um, working in this space of uh, training and e-learning and business consulting. Mm-hmm. And which uh, particular university university were you teaching at? Well, I, that that was after I left academia. Um, at at Western, I was teaching philosophy, so I taught uh, introduction to philosophy. I taught uh, philosophy of science, philosophy of language. Um, that was where my research um, was was uh, uh, philosophy of science and uh, philosophy of language. That's the sort of stuff that I looked at. I was looking at the methodology of science um, and the methodology of philosophy and how those things intersect. Um, and that, and that's sort of what got me interested in, um, you know, that that's what connect my current work is really taking insights, the insights and methods of science and applying them to uh, business and workplace problems. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, now, can you tell us about uh, your venture dialectic? and what it is and how the idea came about. 
Yeah. So as I said, I was looking for um, an opportunity to teach outside of academia and a really natural candidate um, as a, a topic to teach outside of uh, academia was critical thinking and critical thinking and logic are um, woven into the very fabric of philosophy. It's something that every even undergrad student in philosophy has to take. Um, and at the graduate level, of course, it's just more of that. And so there was um, my and I wasn't the only person to have this idea, but the idea of teaching critical thinking to uh, business professionals, um, teaching, you know, um, helping them uh, make better decisions and solve problems better and faster using critical thinking methods. And the particular approach I took to that, because as I said, I, I was really interested in philosophy of science and the methodology of science. And so there's kind of two ways to teach critical thinking. There's a kind of traditional philosophical approach to it, which is, you know, looking at argumentative structures, looking at fallacies, um, looking at uh, logical rules and languages. And then there is this uh, scientific approach more based in cognitive science and psychology around the way that we uh, interpret and analyze the world around us and the way we move through it on a day to day basis, the kind of the, the way our brains work and the kinds of decision decisions that um, emerge from just our intuitive way of understanding the world. And then how can you um, improve on those intuitions using um, critical thinking methods? And so I took this approach, uh, the second approach, more based in cognitive science and psychology around um, really looking at the the work in the um, heuristics and biases literature, which is basically we use a bunch of heuristics to make everyday decisions. Um, but those decisions, um, owing to the fact that we use a heuristic, which is a simplifying tool, it's a way to simplify things around us so we can make quick decisions, they often go awry, and that's where we have biases. And so I was really teaching um, critical thinking from the perspective of that scientific investigation and using those scientific insights to help people make better decisions on the ground in their daily life and, you know, in particular as leaders and as people in an organization. And so I launched uh, Dialectic as a training company that taught critical thinking from a scientific perspective. Um, and so that was in 2011. And as I started to uh, work on, uh, I really had a really basic business model in mind at that point, which was I'll create some training and I'll do this training, uh, you know, uh, to anybody who wants it. And here are my sessions and this is this is how I how I teach. And as I said, I was uh, really fortunate to work with um, someone with a uh, background in adult education, a master's in adult education, really taught me about. Okay, how do you teach anything to a working professional? It's very different from teaching uh, in a university lecture style to students. And so I was teaching the, so I, I thought, you know, I'll teach these critical thinking courses to people. But as I got into it, uh, people started asking me, you know, do you do training on this? Do you consult on that? And, you know, when you start off your early venture, uh, you just say yes to everything and then you figure it out later. So that's what I did. And um, I really got interested in, OK, yes, I can teach this critical thinking stuff, but 
can I apply the methodology that I've used to create these training sessions and to think about critical thinking to other topics? And the answer was, of course I can. And so as I got asked to teach different topics, I started to apply a method to understanding the uh, problems at the center of the uh, need that training was supposed to be a solution to, and then to use those insights to then um, design a training uh, experience that was actually going to change behavior. And from that, I was pulling from uh, learning science and psychology around how um, human beings learn. And um, in the course of that, I got asked to do e-learning. And e-learning really brought together my interest in technology and people and and teaching. And um, Dialectic really has become a custom e-learning company. And what we do is we apply the scientific method to understanding your problems and then to designing a, a digital learning experience that's actually going to work. It's actually going to change people's behavior. And so that's kind of the trajectory of the, uh, of the business. Um, I have a, a team of, uh, five people, um, you know, really, uh, excellent uh, people who understand their discipline really well. We kind of have three disciplines at our business. We have research, you know, sort of scientists working on that. Um, usually work with social psychologists because they kind of understand people's motivations. They understand people's psychology and they understand the larger social context in which people work. Um, we have design, which is essentially an instructional design. So once we get those insights from research, uh, we design a learning experience based on learning science and adult learning principles. Uh, and then we have a media development comp uh, sorry, department where they make these experiences come to life, whether that's a digital learning experience or you know, we still do a little bit of in-person stuff. They really uh, make the thing work and, and develop the technology that's going to deliver the uh, behavior changing experience. So that's kind of the uh, history and quick overview of what Dialectic does. Wow, that's uh, pretty amazing. Um, can you talk about the products and solutions uh, with some examples of how your clients have successfully used your products and solutions to solve uh, problems? Sure. Um, so I'll give you... Um, you know, there's a, a couple of good examples of the way that our process has uh, really helped our clients. So um, we've worked with Mastic Canada for um, the last uh, six or seven years. And really, um, it started with them looking at their performance performance management practices. So the way that they um, review and reward people based on their performance and how that's tied to their compensation and how that's tied to their ability to move within the organization. And um, they really wanted to um, see what's out there. Uh, how, how are people doing this? What's the right way to do performance management? And um, what we did was we looked at the scientific literature on the topic, and it turns out that these old style performance management practices like um, rank and yank uh, methodologies that were made popular by Jack Welch uh, in the 80s um, really don't uh, it, what the science shows is that far from 
improving performance, it actually depresses performance. And the reason why is because these ranking systems really don't actually motivate us. They, they uh, assume that we're motivated by our bonuses and money and our rankings when really what motivates us at work are a variety of other things that have really only a dim connection to our compensation. And so when we looked at the literature, it was like, that's not the way to go. And that's how everybody's going. So if we go, if we help you go this other way, you might have a competitive advantage. Um, and so, um, what it, it turns out that the best thing for a manager to do is rather than review and rank people, it's to coach them. And if you can coach them in a way that gives them autonomy, that makes them feel a, a good sense of belonging, like they're bigger than there's, they're part of something bigger than themselves. And if you give them a chance to uh, become really good at things they care about, that's called mastery, then you actually get intrinsic motivation. And so we helped them design a coaching program and then a performance management practice around that coaching program that, that worked in, um, that, that was consistent with the science. Um, and that could be um, a set of behaviors um, and, a, and a set of processes that could be easily taught through simulation-based training. So we, we taught them through uh, a, a couple of days of simulation training, and then we did some digital learning to support it. And that has um, really helped them. It's not the only thing that they've done in this regard, but that has really helped them build the culture that they want. Um, so that's a really good example of the way that dialectic works. Um, we looked at the science. I mean, then we also, the other thing we do is what we call person-centered design. So we go to the the employees, we go to the users and say, what do you want? How would you want to be um, uh, reviewed? How, What things would help you perform better in your job? And by going to that ground level and talking to people and actually hearing what their needs are and then looking at the science and seeing what it says as a way to kind of frame um, how to solve employees' problems, we we're able to design this um, coaching program and set of uh, performance management practices that really helped uh, Mazda, as I said, create a, a better culture. So that's one example of um, the way our approach has has really helped um, our clients. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. And uh, do you have any direct competitors who offer same or similar solutions? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we um, there are tons of uh, e-learning companies out there that's only um, growing because of uh, the um, coronavirus pandemic. Um, and then there's the, uh, we also have competition in uh, from some business consultants, uh, you know, the big guys like uh, Deloitte, um, but also there are a lot of uh, people doing, um, you know, HR consulting um, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we have competition from all sides. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you been able to differentiate yourself from your uh, competitors? Yeah, um, our our big um, differentiation is uh, the scientific um, methodology that drives what we create. So um, that has given us a, a, an advantage over our competitors because we have something that we're 
we're, we're basing the solution we're going to design for you on. And, and better than that, it's based on, uh, data from, uh, not just the sciences, but data from your people. Cause we'll go talk to them. We'll, uh, we'll do job shadows. We'll do the, the, the hard work that's required to actually understand people's lived experiences. And we'll use the scientific data and methodologies to be able to then frame and design a solution that's going to solve uh solve your your problem mm -hmm. um how do you promote your venture uh so um a lot of our um a lot of our marketing and and promotion is uh based around uh my um speaking appearances and that has been, you know, since day one, as I said, the company started, I was just doing training. Um, and the way that the company grew was that as I did more training and got in front of more people, I got asked to do other things. It just sort of grew from those uh, speaking engagements. So that's something now is not really a revenue generating activity for our business. Um, those are really small projects that we don't really do many of anymore in terms of paid work, but my, but I continue to do speaking engagements and do training, but it's more as a, as a way to, um, to, to find new clients, to find people that are aligned with our values and who we can really help. Uh, we're not really in the business of, um, working with everybody out there. We, uh, you know, we have really high standards for ourselves like our team, um, what we produce, and we have high standards for who we want to work with. Um, we really work well with progressive companies that really value their people and really value truth and science. And unfortunately, that's not a lot of people. So we're looking for needles in haystacks uh, most of the time. And for the dialectic work we do, the best way we've found to find new clients is to get me in front of people to spark a conversation with different people, to see, um, have them see the way that I talk about these issues and people will self select into, um, you know, engaging with us. That's kind of how we've, uh, promoted most of our business. Mm -hmm. And you gave one TED talk as well. So can you talk about this particular talk? What, what was the talk about and what was the whole experience like? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I gave a TED talk in uh, February um, and it was really about um, why e-learning doesn't work. Um, and it's not because it can't work. It's because the way people are designing e-learning sucks, like, you know, full stop. Um, we've sort of taken this model, this lecture model of, you know, someone standing in front of a group and talking at them. And we've just reproduced that in a digital context. So you have this avatar stand in front of you and talk at you. And no one learns anything from that. And um, it's a huge missed opportunity um, for the world because we can, at, uh, with e-learning, uh, create education at scale. Uh, but it's also a big missed opportunity for organizations who are spending money on creating e-learning that the average employee, the most, the majority of employees hate e-learning. 
and they have good reason to hate it. It's never been done very well. And so what uh, we argue, what I argue in the, the TED talk is that the right way to do e-learning is to take a scenario or story based approach. What you want to do is simulate the real world for people and have them work through a problem and learn from the consequences of their actions in the story or in the simulation. That's a form of practice. I mean, think about any time, any uh, task that you actually want to learn, like let's say learning how to play golf. I mean, you're not going to learn how to play golf from reading a PowerPoint or even reading a book. You've got to go swing the club. And so for uh, most of the skills that we use at work, I mean, I'm not, I'm leaving to one side like mechanical labor at this point, but like knowledge work, almost all of knowledge work are, is based on applying principles to unique situations. So we, we do a lot of work in diversity and inclusion. Now, if you want to be an inclusive person, um, that means that when you interact with people, you want to be applying principles of you know, equality and fairness, and you want to be treating people a certain way based on these moral or, or value-driven principles that you hold. Um, but you never see the same diversity and inclusion uh, situation twice. It's never exactly the same. The trick is to know the principles and to be able to apply them. And the only way to do that is to practice doing it. Now, the risk is kind of high in the real world. Um, you don't want to uh, be prejudicial. You want, you want to reduce the amount of times that you are discriminatory and prejudicial. And so we don't really want to teach people those skills in the real world, uh, because the stakes are a little too high. So why not create simulations or story based or scenario based experiences where they can learn in a safe environment through consequences? And so that's, um, really what the TED talk was about, about this better way of doing e-learning. Um, to try to snap people out of this um, really ineffective and wasteful way we've been doing it. Um, and, and to talk about in particular how we can do this in diverse, for diversity and inclusion. And so we have a, uh, a product called diversity and inclusion learning snippets and it's um, quick scenarios sent right to your inbox um, that uh, tracks your performance and it, we can actually change people's behavior we can actually make people more inclusive through these small scenario based experiences that are spread out over a long period of time and so that that's what the the talk was about it was um it was an amazing experience i mean i had a ton of fun doing it i had a, a lot of fun uh preparing for it it was it was stressful for sure um you know you got one shot um you got to go out there and and uh and do your best so uh you know, I'm usually nervous before any uh, speaking engagement. You know, I'm always a little bit amped up, uh, and this was kind of that on steroids. Uh, but I'm really glad I had the opportunity uh, to do it. Uh, the people at TED are uh, awesome. Um, uh, the experience was was really fun from beginning to end, and it's 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 really nice to have been able to make a contribution to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you receive any kind of uh, grants or government support for your business? Yeah, so for our uh, diversity and inclusion learning snippets, we um, have a uh, a federal grant um, of one hundred and fifteen 
$1,000 to develop the next version of our uh, platform. And so that's going to help us automate a bunch of the uh, uh, tasks that right now are uh, the result of manual labor. And it's going to help us really beef up the reporting and analytics component of the platform, which is something that uh, a lot of people in the diversity and inclusion space are looking for. They're looking for a way to measure the impact of diversity training. And we have that. And our new platform is going to be very robust in terms of analytics. Um, and, and we're really excited for it. That's amazing. Um, well, I mean, it has been very nice speaking with you, learning about your background and your venture. So, so much for the time to be on the show. Okay. Thank you very much for having me. And um, um, are you able to share your website? Uh, how can people find out more about your venture? So, uh, so you can go to our uh, website. Um, dialectic is at uh, dialectic.solutions. And Learning Snippets is at learningsnippets.ca. You can also check me out. I'm on uh, LinkedIn um, and I'm on uh, Twitter at Aaron Barth, PhD. Perfect. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and get a chance to learn from uh, uh, Aaron about his uh, amazing expertise in training. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.